This is Sermon Smith, a bi-weekly conversation about the craft of sermon preparation. And my name is John Chandler. I just got back a few days ago from the Missio Alliance National Gathering in Alexandria, Virginia. What a great few days, a full week of ideas and thoughts and challenges. I mentioned that just because I got to see a few people, some friends, some acquaintances, some people I was meeting for the first time who had listened to the podcast, been listening to the podcast, and it was just great. I'm thankful for those of you who just said some kind words. Maybe there were unkind words to be said, but those thankfully were spared. Today's interview was another one that came by a recommendation from someone else who's familiar with the podcast. Back in February, there was an article in Leadership Journal called Partners in Preaching by Jennifer Morrow and Timothy Ross, where they described briefly how they work together to prepare sermons, even though they're separated by several states and hundreds of miles. So someone sent that to me, and I reached out to them, and they are the subjects of today's conversation. And they go into a little more detail about how this came about and how they collaborate and suggest how it might be beneficial for you and for me to do something like that as well. Before we get into the interview, I want to say thank you to Josh Transky. He was our first ever Patreon supporter. If you'd like to support the podcast and help continue this and maybe even develop further some ideas I have in mind, go to patreon.com slash sermonsmith, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And one final reminder, anytime you come to the website, there's a lot of books that are mentioned in this one, as there are in all of our conversations. You can come to the website and you can find links to the books or some of the gear and software that's mentioned. And if you follow those links to purchase any of that, that's another way that you can support the podcast. So just like last time when I said the sponsor for today's conversation could be you, I'll say that once again between Patreon or supporting the show through some of the links on the website at sermonsmith.com. So let's move on with today's conversation with Jennifer Morrow and Timothy Roberts. try to say where everyone is who I'm talking to, I'm going to give each of you a minute to just give us a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Sure. Well, uh, this is Jen, and I am speaking with you from Rowayton, Connecticut right now, which is a town just north of about an hour north of New York City along the Connecticut coast, where I pastor um, a small and lovely New England church, Rowayton United Methodist. Hey friends, this is Tim Ross, and uh, I'm speaking to you from beautiful East Tennessee. We live way over in the mountains near Johnson City, and uh, I'm the pastor of the Hopwood Christian Church uh, on the Milligan College campus. Been there about 19 years, and uh, we um, uh, I also do some work in a, in the seminary, Emmanuel Christian Seminary, and uh, that's where we're we're from. I'm married here, four kids, and uh, um, love being here in the mountains. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit even for both of you about what kind of congregations you have. Tim, you said you're on a college campus. So is it primarily a college congregation? That's actually a pretty good mix. Um, we have a lot of, of folks from the school, both professors and staff members. Um, we're perched right between um, a small college, Christian college campus and uh, a small seminary, so we do get a bunch of those folks. We uh, we also have a university across town. We get some folks from that university, and then we just have uh, folks from the community as well. But it is a, a group of uh, – we have a large group of, of educators and uh, uh, 
pretty literate uh, congregation. Got it. And how about you, Jen? I mean, you're. I, I, would it be what we'd call a bedroom community for the city, or? Well, I think yes. Rowayton is, in a lot of ways, a bedroom community. Um, but we're unique, I guess, as a church because um, we've been here. Uh, the, the congregation dates back from its earliest days to the late 1700s, but as a church gathered together from about the 1830s. And so we're very much a neighborhood church. I think we have all of 10 parking spaces, and there are plenty of folks who can still walk and do on Sunday mornings to come over and join us. But we do pull from a lot of the surrounding towns. Uh, Many of our members are commuters. We have a lot of young families who are maybe moving out of the city for the first time with younger children. We're also fortunate to be connected with a really wonderful nursery school um, that the church owns and operates. And so, so, so we have a lot of extended family through that ministry as well. I see. Okay. Well, I'm going to fill in some gaps here as we go. But uh, I'll, I mean, well, no, I'll just fill in this gap now. I reached out to the two of you because I ran across an article, and, and I'm totally drawing a blank now. It was Christianity Today, wasn't it, online? Uh, like, leadership Journal. Leadership Journal, okay, <laughs> which I think is connected to Christianity Today. It is. But, yes, yeah. yes. All right, I'll, I'll redeem myself there. Uh, but it basically was an article talking about how the two of you collaborate some as part of your sermon writing process. So before we even get into what that looks like, why don't you talk about how the two of you know each other? Either of you can jump in on this and then the other can correct you. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's right. see. I'll start. Okay. Uh, uh, Jen was a student at Milligan College, and uh, I think she started out studying theater. And, That's right. Uh, was dating a guy who I think started out studying Bible and theology. And by the time they were done, uh, he was a theater major and she was a Bible major. I like uh, how that went. <laughs> and uh, they attended the congregation that, that, uh, that I pastor. And uh, we became uh, good friends. And then uh, later, when Jen was in seminary, she uh, worked at the church as an uh, administrative assistant um, and actually worked uh, for the congregation a couple of different times. But we've uh, uh, become great friends uh, through our participation in the life of this church together. Yeah, Hopwood um, is a definitely a special place for, for my husband and I, and that's all correct. Um, my husband Gabe started out as a the, uh, as a ministry major, Bible major, and I started out as theater. We swapped along the way, but kept it all in the family and got married. And um, and so I was fortunate enough to work with Tim at Hopwood just after graduating Milligan and starting my degree work at Emmanuel Seminary um, as an administrative assistant there. And I will say that um, being in the administrative assistant in a congregation prepared me maybe better than almost anything else for (laughs) the life of a pastor. And I said almost anything else because I want to give credit to some of the wonderful teachers and mentors I've had along the way. And so I think it was not just being an administrative assistant, but being one under Tim's leadership um, made a huge impact on me. 
um, being able to imagine myself in the life and role of a, of a pastor. So we go way back. We have a long friendship. Our families are close friends. Our kids know each other. And, um, it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing. And did you feel, yeah. do you feel like that experience made you privy to the life of the congregation? The, uh, serving as the administrative assistant? Yeah. Uh, certainly. Um, I mean, I was involved in the congregation as a member as well, but, um, I also was able to serve in kind of the capacity as a pastoral assistant and did some of my supervised ministry experiences there. So I would, um, go on visitation with Tim. I had some opportunities to preach. So, so, so my, my responsibilities, uh, graciously extended beyond, uh, just preparing the bulletin and, and, and doing the, uh, the newsletter and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll also say that, um, the congregation as Jen was finishing up her work at, at the seminary, uh, we began to enter into a conversation about ordination and, uh, Jen was ordained as a, as a minister, uh, through our congregation. And, uh, so we've, we've grown to have a, a, a deep respect and, uh, and a real interest in, in her life and ministry. Yeah. So I assume there's just ongoing connection between even the church and Jen at this stage. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, she's preached, preached for us a couple times in the last few years and, uh, still has a lot of friends in the congregation. Yes. It's very much a home away from home for us. There's a, there's actually a, a broad Hopwood diaspora. Um, I think throughout, throughout the United States, it is a congregation. Um, that I think sees itself as a place um, that sends folks out in in ministry and and mission, not only around our country but you know throughout the world. And and uh, Tim, I think you said you've been there eighteen years, and Jen, you might have said, but I think I missed. How long have you been in Connecticut? Oh sure, I've been serving here in Rowayton for uh, six and a half, almost seven years now. And prior to that, I served as the associate pastor of a Methodist church in Mamaroneck, New York, which is just south of here in Westchester County. And I was there for seven years. That is the first time I have ever heard somebody actually pronounce Mamaroneck. So I've seen it written. Now I know how to pronounce it. Well, actually, I'm going to correct you. <laughs> it's, it's actually Mamaroneck. Mamaroneck. Yes, you got it. All right. There you go. See, you, I, apparently I don't even know what I'm talking about. Not, not the first time. Um, well, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's, let's talk through this because somewhere along the way, and maybe one of you, again, either of you can jump in and fill in backstory, but somewhere along the way, the two of you discovered that it would be beneficial for you to dialogue through sermons together ahead of time. So how did that come about? Well, I was complaining. Um, I, I guess I was bemoaning. I guess. Uh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I was I was absolutely complaining. I uh, was probably I don't know maybe three four six months into my time here in Rowayton, and as I mentioned, you know I had been an associate pastor in Mamaroneck, and so I was preaching about once a month there. Um, six months into my time here, I was feeling the fatigue of of the persistence of Sunday. You'd finish with one Sunday, and man, if it wasn't seven days later, there it was again. And uh, and I and I was feeling weary and a little fatigued by the the writing. I was tired of hearing my own voice. I really missed getting to hear someone else preach on a consistent basis. And so I really uh, reached out to Tim and said, "Man, 
Um, you know, I, I was, I was maybe whining a little bit. Um, but also looking for some, some encouragement. And I think really expecting Tim to say, Hey, I know how you feel. You know? Yeah. And for me, um, uh, I can remember, uh, those ups and downs, the doldrums you go through when, when you preach week after week. And so I was pretty sympathetic uh, to that as well. And, uh, so I asked Jen if, if she might want to just talk over the preparation uh, week by week and look at scriptures. We're both lectionary preachers, uh, so we're generally on the same text. And um, uh, I, so I asked if, if it would help, if it would be of any assistance. Maybe we could just touch base on these scriptures um, as we uh, went week to week and month to month, really not expecting it to uh, to be a long-term uh a friendship uh, with regards to preaching, but um, something began to click and and it began to work and it was was helpful for Jen I think, but it was also incredibly helpful for me. And uh, so we've uh, we've gone well past the stage of uh, brand new preacher preaching every week, uh, getting some help from you know from the old guy, and I, and I think it's just a really good preaching friendship now. All right, so I have to backtrack here. Because I, as as you and I have covered, and I've alluded to on this podcast before, I came from a Christian church background, uh, which which you have, Tim, and mm-hmm. which you're in, and you just said you're a lectionary preacher, which is not a real common thing, at least in the you know Christian church circles that I've run across. So how did you how did you get into that rhythm? Yeah, when I came to serve the Hopwood congregation, we uh, we came from a, a mission background. We've been working in Africa before. But um, in the time that, that I'd been away, um, the church had begun to use the lectionary. And uh, it's probably been something that uh, the church has been doing since the mid-70s. And uh, I think it started out with using an Old Testament scripture and maybe a New Testament. But it, it gradually grew to where uh, we use both the Old Testament and psalm reading and epistle reading and, uh, and a gospel reading. And so uh, when I came, uh, there was no uh, definite pressure that that's the way that I should preach or that's that's the way that we were going to go into the future, but it was the pattern of the congregation and it seemed to be working well. So um, I adapted into that system and, and uh, quickly uh, learned the, the wonderful aspects of being a lectionary preacher and, uh, and also a few of the potential problems that, that come with the lectionary as well. Hmm. But but all in all it's been a, a great experience. And and while we're while we're talking conversion stories then, Jen, I'd also I often do this. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think every time I've interviewed a woman I've done this. Can you tell us a little bit about how your journey went? Because I assume going to Milligan and therefore Emmanuel, you came from a Christian church background where there weren't aren't very many women who preach. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey of discovery and realizing that's a calling for you? Mm, sure. Um, I'd, be, I'd be happy to. I actually grew up, uh, spent my earliest years in the Presbyterian church okay. and um, down in Florida. I grew up in Florida and then we moved across town and I grew up in Jacksonville, which is a big town. And so we were a long way from from the church I grew up in. And I started attending a Christian church in high school 
And it was at that time that I really began to, I think, connect deeply with other Christians. And when I began to think uh, seriously about life in the church and what what that might look like for me. And so so I didn't I didn't have anyone um I, I I didn't see a woman in the pulpit every week, but I had grown up with that. So as a young child, I I had that in the back of my head. And so while I was aware that there was maybe not a lot of openness to that, I just remained a very quiet, conscientious objector to um to the lack of women in leadership that I saw in my current tradition. And yet I was really um, inspired by the leadership that that I, I did encounter in high school and beyond. And so so I went to Milligan as a theater major. I was kind of hedging my bets a little bit with that. I wasn't quite ready to say, yeah, I could major in Bible. Yes, I could pursue this as a career because I... I hadn't fully imagined how that would be possible yet, but I would say um, in my time there, I certainly ran into plenty of obstacles, um, but I also received a lot of um, validation and welcome and um, guidance as to how to move forward. So my professors at Milligan were instrumental in that. Certainly the congregation at Hopwood was a big part of that. Some of my fellow uh, women in ministry students uh, that I'm still close with after all these years, we were um, encouragements to each other. And then my time in Emmanuel as well. I just, um, I was very fortunate to be in that, uh, that environment that would help imagine with me the possibility of serving God in, a, in the role of pastor. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate both of you taking a little time to share your journey because I totally diverted us from the <laughs> from where we were going. But I appreciate that. Um, well, that that being said, you had this conversation that began with a in, an episode of a whining and <laughs> led to this phone call. Is this? Do you do this phone call every week? Just about. Yeah. Um, and if we don't talk on the phone, we certainly connect. Uh, via email every week. And so what do those conversations look like? Well, um, they look like a- this. I've usually got my <laughs> my hands over my eyes and I'm rubbing my head and I'm <laughs> wondering, oh man, well, what am I going to do with this sermon? It's not coming together. Uh, that's what it looks like. What it sounds like is uh, uh, we, we often uh, begin... Um, well, sometimes we even begin months in advance as we're looking at scriptures down the road or, or sometimes planning a series. Um, beautiful thing about lectionary preaching is that you can uh, start as early as you want. Um, and, uh, and I suppose like a lot of preachers, we're sort of gathering as we're, we're doing that, gathering ideas for the future. And at some point, uh, usually several weeks before the sermon, we're, we're starting to pitch ideas and, um, and look at, at preaching, um, angles, narrative approaches. Um, but we also, in these conversations, we have, uh, we often start with, uh, just talking about the text, what, what we see in the text, what we hear in the text, what, what, uh, grabs us about the text, um, 
so that's that's sort of the the early uh, conversation, I guess. Um, what, what would you add to that, Jen? Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly we're 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 looking closely at the text and and really responding to it, and um, and I would say too, you know, at the at the maybe in the first part of the conversation, we're saying, oh, you know what this reminded me of, or even before we talk sometimes, um, and Tim is probably better at this than I am, but uh, we'll send each other a link or an article or a piece of poetry or something that has caught our eye along the way that might be brought to bear in the service of this particular passage or this particular week of preaching um and so we we reflect on some of that but no i i think that's that's certainly a good picture of how we begin is is the uh, what time like what part of the week does the conversation usually happen Wednesday? I mean, if, if we weren't talking to you, we might be talking about it right now. <laughs> because it is a Wednesday, yeah. It is a Wednesday. Um, you know, a lot of times it will begin by email. Like I said, someone will send someone else a, a passage or a, a thought or, or even an old sermon from 12 years ago that might have something worthwhile in it. Um and then kind by of, Wednesday, what do you want to add? Well, it kind of depends. I mean, there are yeah. there are times when uh, you're preaching a like the season of Lent, uh, the Lenten season, for instance, where uh, you know several weeks in advance, we're we're sort of looking at at the the flow of of what we're doing. Um, we oftentimes uh, during the summer we'll preach through. Um, a, a biblical book, for instance, last last summer we we uh, preached through Genesis together. So um, we began to uh, nudge those scriptures just a little bit to get them uh, to get the you know the ones that that we needed wanted. Um, we uh, began to look sort of at the you know the whole narrative flow of Genesis several weeks in advance. But but where the sausage gets made is pro- probably happens. Uh, on Wednesday and, and even Thursday morning when we're um, pretty deep into uh, working on these texts. What, what would you say each of you tries to work through in your own personal rhythm before you connect? What's What does your time sermon prep process look like before you even bring it to a dialogue? Hmm. You know, I, I think I, <laughs> and again, this is, of course, there are always those those seasons or those series that we've planned ahead, and so we've we've already spent quite a bit of time maybe on a selection of texts for Lent, for example, or, or whatever. But let's say if we're talking about the week to week process, even if we've already spent some time on that, you know, I I uh, I think it starts on Monday morning. You know, I give myself Sunday afternoon, and then Monday morning. Um, at least for me, the process begins with that the, the, the scriptures are on my mind. I'm looking them over. I'm, I'm reading them several times. I, uh, I'll go and look through. Uh, I, I, I have some favorite authors. I think Tim does. And some of them are the same that I'll often, um, start to look at some of their work. We both, uh, really appreciate 
Frederick Buechner mm-hmm. and a lot of his writings. And so I'll go to is something in the text will remind me of a piece of his. And so I'll, I'll go look for something on that. I also participate in a weekly lectionary group. Yeah. And so every Tuesday morning, I meet with um, about eight other United Methodist clergy in my area, and we talk through the text. So, so I'm very fortunate in that I have. She's that cheating on you, Tim. Chat. I know it. I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't even get notes from that meeting. Can you imagine it. But you get them. She just takes credit for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, so we so there's a dialogue that happens then as well, and that will that obviously comes into play before Tim and I usually uh, start our time. Yeah, and for me, I'm, you know, obviously reading the texts as well and paying attention to them. Um, I think that the pressure's always on uh, pastors where basically anything that comes into your ears or your mind or your eyes, you're, you're constantly filtering that for uh, future preaching opportunities. And so... Yes. When do you when do you start? Well, I don't know. I don't I don't know when you stop. When you stop, yeah. absolutely yes. And so, um, um, spending time with the text is important. Um, reading widely uh, is important for us both. Uh, and then there are a number of uh, of websites and um, uh, for lectionary preachers websites that uh, like Text Week. I guess we both sure. uh, both use. Um, we both really like, uh, David Lose's, um, working preacher is a, is a great site. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, we spend some time with that and, and oftentimes when our conversation starts, we're, we're talking, I mean, we do spend time with the text, but we're, we're also talking preaching angles and, uh, our preaching, uh, directions and, and themes and narratives. And, um, uh, and we don't always we we often go very divergent ways uh, with uh, the way that we're preaching in our own local settings. Uh, sometimes we we, we stay uh, on the same uh, wavelength, and and other times we're we're kind of each working our own gardens and and uh, for our own people for our own situations, and uh, we're just kind of encouraging one another. Is there? Um... Is there a, an agreed upon expectation or anything like that that you're both going to choose the same text from the lectionary, or do, does that just kind of come about as you go? Like, how far do you work that out in advance, or you just see which ones lean in which way? Um, you know, if we if we if we purpose, you know, together to 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 plot out a series, let's say on a on a biblical book or on a, another book or, uh, then, yeah, you know, we'll kind of say, all right, we're in this and we're going to track, um, we're going to track with each other for X number of weeks, you know, for this time. But, but when we're not in the midst of a series, no, I mean, there's not the expectation that we'll necessarily preach on the same text, or if we do preach on the same text, as Tim just said, we'll necessarily, um, go about it in the same way. Um, and so, so and in fact, uh, you know, I, I guess I would want to add we do we do still uh, check in with each other each week, even when one of us is not preaching. And so that um, you know, if, if 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 Tim happens to be off uh, and has a guest preacher one Sunday, 
we're still talking maybe about the direction that I'm heading or, or the texts for the week and, and vice versa. Yeah. And I'll have to say that, um, the more desperate I become, the more able to be influenced I, I become to uh, what, whatever direction Jen is going. <laughs> I, I can speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And so maybe a question that's unique for both of you, just because I get, I get really nerdy about some of these things and I like to, but when all is said and done, what do, what do each of your sermons look like? I mean, are you outliners, manuscriptors? Well, I, I, uh, I preach from a manuscript Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, and I like, and I like short paragraphs and I use single spacing and, uh, (laughs) I don't know how, how detailed you want to get, but, but, uh, I preach off a, a, an actual page of paper. I have a number of colleagues who preach from their iPad now. Um, I've not been able to make that leap, but, uh. But yeah, and by the time I by the time I preach from that manuscript, I I know it quite well, and it's marked up uh, almost beyond recognition. I, I I'll write and note, and I have a little I have a process that I go through on Sunday morning, uh, just preparing the actual manuscript itself. And so it's not like you actually have to stand up there and read it, but it's good to have it because visualizing it, all of your markups help you track with it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and I'm also a manuscript preacher. Um, I uh, I edit uh, right down to the wire as well, and so mine's pretty barked up. Um, and also, uh, yeah, it's pretty much in my in my head as well. So, you know, I'll I'll refer to it and and glance at it, but um, but I don't I don't think I actually read it. Um, and uh, I've I found that I personally I, I have a hard time trusting myself with um, uh, with my preparation, and sometimes when I I haven't uh, been as thorough with with writing out my thoughts and sentences, I, I've kind of thought they were better than they actually ended up being when they when they came out when I was sort of winging it, I guess. So f- for me, manuscript uh, seems to work best. Yeah, is it a uh... Is, would you say that your sermons end up just looking drastically different when all is said and done, but you could still each point to the influence that the other gave to them? Uh, it depends on which week we're, you know, we're talking about. Um, it's It's been really interesting. Um, kind of in the early years, um, I don't think we ever actually uh, wrote together. You know, basically, uh, Jen would write a sermon and she'd ship it my way and I'd read it and make a few comments on it and, uh, um, you know, have my say about it and send it back to her. And, and, uh, and then we usually send each other a couple iterations of what the sermon looks like early, in, earlier in the week, uh, we'll get it. And then after we've had time with it to, to shape it a bit, we usually send back a kind of a final, uh, edition or, or a, a Sunday copy and often they get changed a good bit even after that, but yeah. uh, but, but that's okay. But uh, here more recently, uh, we've actually uh, done a bit more experimenting on, on sort of writing a joint sermon, uh, and we've done that a few times, and that's that's been fun. And I, I think it's taken uh, several years of sort of 
learning how the other person thinks and, and developing uh, deep trust in, in the other person's thoughts and words. And, um, and honestly, when those sermons get done, uh, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to remember who, who wrote what. Hmm. Fair to say, Jen? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's interesting. It, as Tim was kind of remembering back to the first the first couple of years of this partnership. I mean, I, you know, I want to say, I bet it, it probably took me three years before I made a comment on one of Tim's sermons because it was, uh, you know, because of the context in which I had gotten to know Tim, it was as mentor, it was as uh, pastor, it was as employer. And, and so it, it took me a while to to I think get to the point where and certainly I wasn't getting this from Tim but to get to the point where I felt like I maybe even had something to say and uh, and then once we got past that it's it's been a really interesting progression or once I got past that I should say it's been a really interesting progression and and I would echo that you know it, it is some of the sermons that I've I have felt the best about um, personally have been the ones that have been some of the more shared collaborations, the ones that we've that we've really written together. I think we're learning, um, you know, this many years in, what each one of our strengths tend to be, and uh, and we know that we can rely on each other for for some of those things, and and it's been it's been humbling too to in the best possible way to really and very authentically put two names at the top of a sermon, you know, uh, with, without the need to, to designate who did what or, or footnote this or that. Yeah. I remember one time, um, I felt like that, uh, Janet had most of the good ideas in a particular week. So I, I wrote my name in little cat or little letters <laughs> and I wrote great big caps on there for, for her. To, uh, <laughs> you did, I thought that was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jen, I don't know that you can answer this question, um, but if you have something to add to it, please do. But, Tim, you've preached at this church for 18 years, and it sounds like you've been doing – the two of you have been doing this for about six, if I have my numbers right from listening. Um, how would you say your preaching has changed from that first 12 years to this last six? Um, if well, at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all um, – I go back and read those sermons. You know how you're usually embarrassed when you're reading anything that you wrote. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> More than five years ago, but five years you will. Um, but um, uh, for me, that there's a big challenge just staying fresh uh, as a pastor and uh, continuing to study, continuing to learn, continuing to uh, to to think. Um, Ideas that that may be new or may not be new, but uh, but they're fresh, and um, and so I think that uh, the one thing that this partnership has really helped me with has just been to pay attention and give attention to the immediacy of of preaching. Um, we both give uh, quite a bit of attention to what's going on in, in the world around us, and um, I think both of our congregations are are very attuned to uh what's happening in, in our in our culture and uh and around the world um but um the 
one of the uh, the folks that we read on on collaboration in create creative partnerships uh, speaks about how uh, there's a certain power that comes when uh, two people work together as opposed to a larger group. And uh, one of the things he said, this is a guy named Joshua Schink. He said, uh, when there when there are two people working on a project, uh, there's nowhere to hide. Um, you mm-hmm. can't you can't just phone it in. Um, and I think that I've I found that to be really true in in this uh, partnership that every week you're 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 trying to give it your best shot and uh, you're trying to um, uh, to be a real contributor to to this collaboration. Um, I think my sermons have become um, a little bit more narrative. Getting getting back to your question, um, and uh, I think that. Um, Jen has a really good uh, dramatic uh, sensibility and, and more of a, uh, a literate uh, flow, um, maybe a, a bit less um, uh, preachy, a, a bit less pedantic in in uh, in the way my sermons uh, come through these days. Um, I think Jen's a bit a bit more able to. Uh, uh, not have to get to the end of a sermon and 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 have uh, have a point or or have have a have a takeaway, you know, which was uh, certainly a part of my training. And so uh, some of the sermons kind of kind of hang, and as you know, Craddock always leaves you with with work to do when when you leave. And uh, and so I think I'm I'm learning that a bit better, and and uh, Jen's good at that. Hmm. Jen, can you imagine how your preaching might be different because of it? Mm, well, I mean, you know, I, I I can and and I can speak. You know, even though I wasn't preaching weekly, I was preaching monthly. Uh, you know, for seven years mm-hmm. there while I was an associate pastor, and I think about my process then. And um, Tim has uh, it was a it was a very solitary, isolated. Process. I mean, it was it was something I did by myself. It was it was if I had had a hermitage, that's where I would have gone to write. And and you know, yes, I read and yes, I studied, but it was so solitary. And that strikes me as so odd now, um, because and this is, I think, one of the things that that we tried to say in the piece in Leadership Journal that. You know, preaching itself is by nature a collaborative experience and that a sermon never, you know, we we were saying earlier about how we're editing up until the last minute, but the sermon never reaches its final form until it is shared in the context of the congregation. And, you know, you could make the case that it does the word of God ever proclaimed ever reach its final form um, as it's getting worked out in, in individuals and communities' lives. But um, but I think that one of the things that this partnership has done is is allowed me to let the the work leading up to that wonderfully collaborative experience of of preaching amidst the congregation to begin in a collaborative spirit. And it's held me accountable to um Treating the process with uh, with excellence, and it's 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 held me accountable. I think to it's certainly given me the strength to say harder things. 
I've become, as I look back on those sermons, and maybe it's because, it, you know, I, oh man, it's some of them are just cringeworthy, you know. But um, but I think I've gotten a lot less snarky hmm. in as I've been communicating. You know, Tim, I think is really good at saying uh, hard truths in love, and um, and and so that's. That's been hugely uh, impactful to to my own preaching. If someone's listening to this and feels like, man, I, I'd I'd be great to have a sermon prep partner like this, how would you suggest they might go about doing something like that, setting that up? Well, stay away from my preaching partner. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not going to happen. <laughs> um, actually, I I'm in a a little uh, spiritual formation group with a couple of other pastors. Uh, We've been together for seven or eight years, and um, one of those great friends in that group um, was recently talking to me about um, his uh, feeling of staleness in, in preaching. And he's a guy that is a few years older than I am, and he's been at it for, for a good long time. And uh, I made the suggestion to him that uh, that he, he reach out to um, perhaps a, a younger a person that he's he's mentoring, or um, a, a younger person who uh, um, who's preaching week to week, and uh, and just see where what what might what might happen, um, because I I don't think that this is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi you know uh, imparting uh, great wisdom to uh, his young disciple. Um, I I really think that. Um, there's there's an incredible amount of um, refreshment that comes to to the older pastor uh, in a collaboration like this. So the the main thing to me is uh, nothing ever happens unless unless you reach out. And so I suggest to people that uh, that they look around and uh, that they they make that contact, they send that email, they make the call. And uh, put it on a, a short leash, you know, say, uh, what would you think about trying this for uh, three months, for, for six months? And we'll evaluate, and if it's not working, well, you know, we'll throw it overboard. But, uh, but I think that, that uh, taking that first step and, and reaching out and being vulnerable is a, is a good way to go. Anything to add, Jen? Yeah, you know, I, well, I mean, for me, it all started with complaining. But, I, but what I would say is... Um, you know, be honest that certainly this, in our context, this partnership, um, began because yes, I was complaining, but I was also honest about a struggle that I was having in ministry. Right. And, and I don't know, we, we pastors are as human, um, as the rest of, of the world. And so, so we, we struggle and, but we have a hard time admitting to those struggles. We we're defensive. There's a there's a weird spirit of competition sometimes between clergy of different ter- churches and 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 I would say I mean the best advice I would give is to to find a, a trusted person or two with whom you can be really honest and that out of that ground of honest sharing can come uh, that's that's a good foundation for a good partnership is, is just getting to the point. Just start there, start there, 
finding someone that you can you can share honestly about your own struggles in ministry um, and your own triumphs too, you know, your joys and, and the wonderful stuff of it as well. And then I would say, you know, you, it's not uh, it, your partnership will be as unique as you and and your partner are. And so um, it, there's not a there's not one way to do this and, and it would look very different for two other people. Uh, but don't be deterred by geography <laughs> or uh, denomination or age. Um and I would, I, I, I think, I, I think when you when you make the call, when you send the email, when you share, when you share honestly, you're going to find, um, you're going to find welcome from um, from the right person to to help you in this in this way. Yeah, thank you. Um, do you feel like it's? Do you feel like it would have any? I mean, you just said don't think about geography. Do you feel like it would have any bearing on how well this would work if you were? If you had proximity versus distance from each other, hmm, haven't really thought about that. Um, preaching is um, there's certainly an aspect of um, of that uh, hermitage uh, nature of of getting away and and uh, secreting yourself away and getting quiet and um, and spending time in private um, you can't get away from that if you're if you're going to think deeply or, or write deeply um, and I, I don't know how that would change uh, if we were uh, living in closer proximity um, but it's it's a marvelous thing to have uh, have the internet and uh, Google Docs and uh, and our telephone it's uh, yeah um, we're able to maintain a, a, a good friendship and a good working partnership, uh, even though, you know, with a mile stand between us. And I would say too, you know, most, most clergy I know, even if you live five miles from each other, your weeks are not such that you necessarily have a tremendous amount of time to, to sit down in the same place for an extended period. And so even if you were, uh, nearby, it, the partnership may, might take shape in a lot of the same ways that it would if you were, you know, 500 miles away. Yeah. One of the things that um, that we try to do is um, occasionally we try to get together for kind of a continuing ed um, offering. And uh, we've done a, a number of, of things. Um, and it's been an opportunity to kind of be in the same zip code. Um, the article that we wrote, largely came about uh, when we, we got together to, to really get serious about working on an article. But um, we've been to the Festival of Homiletics together uh, once in Atlanta. We uh, uh, went to the Duke Pastors Converse, uh, Convocation this past uh, this past year. And, and, and this year uh, we're going to be going with a bunch of folks from uh, from our congregation and um, some people that uh, that are writing to the Beekner Institute uh, preaching and writers uh, seminar, which will be at, uh, held at Princeton this year. Huh. So, uh, so we get together sometimes to uh, to do some of these um, really fun experiences, uh, times to uh, to really talk 
face to face about preaching and about our congregations. Um, so we do have some opportunities and, and then Jen's been down to preach a couple times and I'll probably go up there, uh, to preach maybe later on this year as well. So, um, our congregations are coming, we're coming to know each other's congregations, uh, even, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier the article, I don't know if it was an article or a book by Joshua Schenk about collaboration. To, is that a book that you can mention or maybe an article you can send me a link to? Sure. It's absolutely. both. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what, what's the book? It's The Power of Two. The Power of Two. The Power of Two is the name of the book. And uh, it was preceded by this wonderful op-ed piece in The Times last summer. And we can certainly send you that link to both yeah please okay and then uh, as i am uh, want to ask uh are there other books for either of you i mean you mentioned beekner but are there other books for either of you that have shaped either of you as a preacher or even informed the process of what you two are doing mm, so many so many so many um fred craddock has been a, a big influence um for me the um Sermons of uh, Fleming Rutledge have mm-hmm. uh, have been really important uh, recently. Hmm. Um, we uh, we've done a number of of series together. Um, the the works of uh, Richard Rohr uh, have mm-hmm. been good. We we both we did a series on the twelve steps. Um, that was a was a really fun experience. Um, uh, James Brian Smith's has a trilogy of books called yeah. the the Good and Beautiful series, the Good and Beautiful God, the Good and Beautiful Community, the Good and Beautiful Life, and um, we also use this little book by uh, a guy named Scandrett. It was uh, called Practicing Oh Yeah the Ways of Jesus, and we found that uh, to be a, a a really great collaboration as well. So these these are some of the books, and of course, uh, as, as Jen has said. Um, all the all the Beekner books we can find, and all the Peterson books, Eugene mm-hmm. Peterson books, uh, we can find as well. What, what would you add to that, Jen? Yeah, that's a pretty good list. Um, I would throw in certainly for me, and I think we both relied on this. Um, Wendell Berry, mm-hmm. um, and and I regularly uh, return to poetry as a preacher, um, and so I read. He has his collection of Sabbath poems in particular has been really important for me this day is the name of that one and then also mary oliver i i find it as a preacher um just really wonderful to read the words of people who are so good with words and and so so both of those poets have been important i think in our conversations as well gotcha well, great. You mentioned Fleming Rutledge. Is there a collection of sermons that you've drawn from? Yeah, she's got a series on, uh, it's something about preaching. I think it's called And God Spoke to Abraham. Okay. Yes. It's a, it's a series of uh, sermons on the Old Testament, uh, which are really dynamite. Yeah. And, and I almost hate to mention this, uh, but I'm <laughs> going to. I, let me make a rejoinder first. I've never listen to an Andy Stanley sermon. I've never, I wouldn't know him from Adam. I, I know nothing about the guy, very little about the guy, but he's got a little book on preaching out that uh, I actually found quite helpful. Is that uh, Communicating um, for a Change? 
yes, communicating for yeah. change. And, and I think that the part that I found most helpful was his comment that, um, you know, you can preach as complicated sermons as you, you want to. You're free to do that. Uh, and whatever your people will stand, that's, that's great. Um, but people aren't going to remember, um, 98% of what you have to say. So why not, uh, simplify somewhat and, and try instead of preaching on three points and, and four takeaways, um, why not just, uh, take it a piece at a time and, and talk about a little smaller chunk of, of, uh, of teaching. And, and I've actually found that to be very helpful for me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, if, you know, I, I typically wind it down about this stage, but if uh, that's a great book list, but if either of you have anything to add book wise, you know, after the fact that you want to send me, I always collect all the links that people, you know, talk about and I put them in the notes for, you know, each conversation. So I'll be certain to include them. But as we wind down, either of you have just any other thoughts you would want to toss out about all of this that I haven't thought to ask about? Well, yeah, one quick thing. Yeah. Um, we, we also, I think, uh, try to spend just a little bit of time evaluating um, yeah. bo- both how our own experience on Sunday went and uh, and asking questions um, to the other person about you know their own experience and and, uh, and so we sort of um, give a few comments about about how the other person's sermon struck us what what, what was it that that we especially liked and uh, how how might it be stronger so. You actually Hard listen to the recording of each other? <laughs> no, I don't. No. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, but we do read each other's stuff, gotcha. and I I think we know each other well enough that we hear each other's voices. Um, but but that evaluation I think has been um, has been the evaluative material has been really good for for me. And that happens after the sermon is preached, or after the sermon is written, but before it's preached. Um, it can happen either time. Yeah. But Usually, um, it's the self-evaluation and, and then the comments, uh, the conversation that follows that, that I found to be helpful. Yeah. Uh, um, but having both, you know, read the, the piece, um, it really lends to some good conversation. Got it. Yeah, so I, I, I guess I even misunderstood where you're going. So it's almost like you both debrief with each other and give your own feedback about how it went and you learn from each other in that way. Absolutely. Got yep. it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks so much. Uh, I, I appreciate the, the chance to talk with both of you. Well, thank Absolutely. you, John. And, it's and, been a yeah, pleasure. Thanks. I I, th- I thank you for taking the time to put that article out there. Cause I mean, I just think I've had a lot of conversations about sermon prep with a lot of people. Um, but this is, this is, I'm, when I run across something that's unique from people's sermon prep, it's definitely standing out at this point. And this is one of those things. So I appreciate you uh, sharing that with all of us. Good. God bless. Yeah, Great. Bless Likewise. Us. Yes.